Hello, my name is Tim and welcome to Tales of a Tiller Guide. This week's episode is a double episode. Two stories, both from Switzerland, making it a Swiss special. That's right, this week's episode is neutral, it's incredibly well organised and it loves chocolate. So I'm going to start with a story from my first trip because I have more than just that ridiculous Paris story. If you're not up to date, listen to the first episode in this series and you'll know what I'm talking about. But on that trip, there was some things going along on the side of all those Paris incidents. And that was, well, drugs. So a lot of people take drugs and they do it on trips, which is not a great idea. And it can get you kicked off the trip, obviously. And so a couple of passengers had come up to me on this first trip and they'd be like, Tim, like we know what happens if you get caught at a border with drugs because I'd told them all the trouble that you can get into and the massive fines and potentially jail depending on what border you're going through. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, well, we know a couple of people on this trip have drugs. I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I know they have it too, but I'm not a policeman. Like I can't just go and search people's bags. I don't really have that kind of power at all. I just sort of can only tell them like, please don't, because otherwise we will get big fines and the driver will get in a lot of trouble and I could go to jail, depending on how much you are actually containing, because technically we're drug smuggling if we're driving drugs across borders. Well, I told them, and of course they don't listen, because they... they well, I, I actually heard them. You see, passengers have this thing where they think that I'm like a school teacher and well, you think your teacher doesn't know what's going on. You're like, oh, I'm being so secretive about... like. I know. Like, I literally heard these two guys saying, I'm not going to throw out my drugs. I spent a lot of money on them. Yeah. So I knew that at least two guys on the trip had bags of cocaine. And that's all well and good until it influences everyone else on the trip and ruins your time trying to get into a country. Well, we're driving to Switzerland, and I know that they haven't, because I'm, well, I'm assuming they haven't thrown it out because of what they said the night before. And we're driving down, we get to the border to come into Switzerland. And there's always this, you're always told, like, you'll get checked at borders. But most of the time, when you're driving through a border, nothing happens. Like, you go, you occasionally, you have to check passports if you're in Eastern Europe. And sort of, but in the West, part of the Schengen zone, where they just do free travel... I go, I pay a tax to enter another country with a coach whilst they all sit on the coach and then we drive off and that's that's the very fancy border crossing. And in the years of going into Switzerland, I was never searched except this one time. And the one time I got searched is when I know passengers on the trip have drugs in their bag. And we're not just searched, we get sniffer dogs. So I go, I pay the tax, I come back to the coach, and then the border guards come over with two dogs. And they're like, oh, just uh, we're just going to come through and check everyone's passport, and we've just got the dog too. Right. So I get on the microphone, I'm like, hey guys, so they're just going to come through and check passports. Oh, also there's a sniffer dog. Looking directly at the two guys who I know have cocaine in their bags at this exact moment. Well the dog comes on and I can see them at the back and they are they are panicking they are dropping balls knowing they're about to get busted 
in Switzerland, who are quite strict on laws, with bags of cocaine. So they're in full panic mode. I'm sitting at the front, completely harmless, being like, well, I had a good run as a tour guide. I did, I did Paris. I did two evenings. It's going great. Oh, well, it's a great run. Everyone else on the coach obviously is well aware that these two guys have been taking drugs because it's, you know, pretty obvious when someone's full to the eyeballs with cocaine. And the dog's slowly moving down the coach. And as you can imagine, they sit at the back of the coach. So the dog gets closer and closer. They're panicking. They're panic. They, they've like frozen at this point. And I think they've just admitted to themselves that they're going to get caught. Like, that's it. Well, the dog comes and the guy's checking passports. There's one guard and one dog. And they're sitting on the left-hand side as the guy comes down. And the dog sits next to their bag, smells it, and sits. The universal sign for the dog has found drugs in the bag. However, the guard who has the dog at this point is checking a passport of a passenger on the right-hand side of the coach. So he's not actually seeing the dog sit. The guy with the bag, the passenger with the bag, sees his opportunity, sees the dog sitting, sees the guard looking the other way, grabs his bag and just launches it down the coach. Just throws it down the coach, down the aisle, into some friends further down the coach. The guard hears all this rustling and sort of turns around and they just sort of sit there completely still, seeing if they got away with it. And the dog is sitting there like looking very confused, obviously, because the dog's like, I just, where's my treat? I just sat. I'm a good boy. I found the drugs and now there's no bag. And the guard is looking at the dog like, oh, Oh, he sat. Okay, cool. And just kept going down the coach. I don't... They didn't think they got away with it until the guard left. And then there was the most ultimate sigh of relief from the whole coach. And lots of like, how the hell... How the hell did we just get away? What What just... So we drive... We drive to our campsite that evening. And I was like, right, I'm I'm not going through this roller coaster of emotions again. I'm not dealing with this. So I call up one of the guys uh, that trained me. And I was like, I, this is my first trip. I am three, this is my third day in the job. I was like, I don't know what to, like, what do I do? I've told, like, what's next? And he said to me, he said, well, you need to address it seriously. Um, just like swear a lot. I was like, all right, I can do that. So what I managed to do is I, the next day we were staying in this campsite and there's like a cook tent and dining tent that we all eat in. And so as everyone was sitting down for dinner with another group, actually, I came in just before dinner. I was like, right, everyone up outside now, need to talk to you. Like full on school teacher at a camp kind of lecture. And I lined them up against the side of the tent and... I think my first words were, what the actual fuck? Only I didn't say it in this tone. I like screamed it at them and then berated them for 15 minutes on how immature they were being and how they were putting my job at risk, the driver's job at risk, the holiday of all the people around them at risk. And I can't believe you're being this selfish and pathetic just because you don't want to throw out the drugs. Like you can go and do it in your own damn time, but I can't believe that you're putting all this at risk for you and just kept going at them and going and all the chefs who had done all the cooking well had told me before they're like can we hey tim can we come watch this sounds very exciting i was like of course so i wasn't actually as angry but i uh 
pulled in my method acting skills and just went full at them. 15 minutes. Well, it worked because immediately the two guys who had the drugs left and they were spotted around the bins. So they immediately went and threw it out, which was good. I may have reduced one or two of them to to tears. That was a, you know, a negative side effect of the lecture. But hey, the rest of the trip went off without a hitch. And hilariously, I I got yet feedback at the end of the trip and a couple of them mentioned being like, oh, that talk you gave in Switzerland was so awesome. Like, so much mad respect for you, bro. And it was the guy who had the drugs as well who'd said it. So that all turned out well. And I got a name for myself as well because I had some other trips that year and I gave my normal drug warning at the start and they were like, yeah, it's so serious. Like, trip leaders get so mad. We had these friends who were on this trip and their trip leader lined them up against the side of the tent and full-on berated them and was, like, swearing at them for 50... I was like, that was me! It was me! Your friends are on my trip! So our next story also happens in Switzerland, obviously, and it happens to a trip leader this time. And by a trip leader, I mean a trip leader. It's not like a, this happened to a friend of mine situation where I'm really talking about me. No. So it was our second stop on the trip. We're in Switzerland and three trips were in at the campsite. One trip led by me, Tim. One led by a girl named Alice. And one trip led by a guy called Dave. So three trips in, we had a bit of a party. Not a massive wild one. People are still getting to know each other in Switzerland. It's not really a party destination per se. There's a 10 p.m. curfew, so things tend to settle down pretty quick. Well, we went out to the bar on the campsite, had a few drinks. I called it quits pretty early. I reckon I was in bed at probably about 11 o'clock. Went back to the trip leader room where there's two bunk beds. So I had a bunk to myself. And Alice was up the top of the other bunk and Dave was underneath her. I went to bed, 11 p.m. Well, about an hour, about 1 a.m., those two come in and they are in an absolute state. So they crash in, wake me up, obviously, eventually get to sleep. And I was like, anyway, I wake up maybe an hour again after them coming back. So maybe like 2 a.m., I wake up. And I'm like, what time is it? Like, I'm checking. I sort of, I see them back in bed. I'm like, oh, they're asleep. Like, what time? I check my phone. I can't find my phone. I'm like, oh, what? Like, I, got, I went to bed. I'm, not, I'm barely drunk. So I'm like looking. I go over to the little desk area at the entranceway to the door. And I'm like, no, not like, where the, oh my God, have I left it? So it's like freezing cold in Switzerland. It's quite early in the year. It is the early hours of the morning and I'm there in my little boxer shorts running around the campsite trying to find my goddamn phone. I see some other guy, I'm like, hey man. And he's like looking at me like, what is this random person doing? Going to the bathrooms. The bathrooms are in like their own little building. No, my toilet's not there. My toilet, my phone's not in the toilets. I then go to the bar. No, phone's not there either. I'm like, oh, like what? Well, there's, like, there's no point me trying to search for it. At this point, I'm like, oh, this is... Very annoying because it's my work phone and you need your phone for this job. I was like, ah, bugger. Oh, well. I'm just, gonna, I'm just going back to bed. I'll, I'll find it in the morning. It'll be somewhere. Go back to bed. Tuck in. 
I'm freezing cold, trying to get back to sleep. When I hear a bit of a rustle from Dave in the bunk opposite. I roll over and he's there like, like drunkenly flailing around in bed. Well, suddenly he goes, huh? and then I just hear, Pshh. that's right. Dave pisses himself and not like a little bit either, like a lot of a bit, a full bit comes out and it is like falling through the mattress onto the floor and then a puddle is forming and I'm watching this and I'm like, oh. firstly, my first thought is this is revolting. My second thought is, ah, crap, my clothes, which are like next to my bed in the gap between the two bunks. So I'm furiously trying to like pick up my clothes and all my stuff and I'm like chuck it onto the bed with me. And as the puddle like grows across the floor and then I'm like, oh, I should, you know what? Now screw him. I'm not going to wake him up. Dave can sleep in his own goddamn piss is what I thought. So I rolled over and I went asleep like the passive aggressive person I am. <laughs> so we wake up the next morning and they roll over the two of them and they are so hungover. And Alice in the top bunk's like, why? Tim, why are you sleeping with your bag on top of you? And with zero subtlety, I'm like, oh, uh, because there's a massive puddle of Dave's piss on the floor. At which point Dave's like, like hungover, grunting, like, oh, oh my God, what? So he's like, oh, like he pulls his covers off and just sees himself like lying in piss. He's like, oh, oh man, oh, oh my God. And the puddle all through his own clothes, which I didn't move. And he's like, oh. so he furiously starts like cleaning his sheets up. He tries to hide the sheets for his bed by throwing them under the bunk bed as if the cleaners don't clean the actual, like how that's a thing. He's very hungover, so I'll excuse him that, thinking that that is a place to hide bed sheets that you've pierced. Anyway, as he's sort of cleaning up, I'm like, yeah, and has anyone seen my phone, by the way? At which point Dave's like, oh, um, no, I've only got my phone, and holds up his phone. And I'm like, that's not your phone, Dave. That's my phone. Oh. So he'd taken my phone off charge at the wall and thought it's, and slept with it. Thankfully... It was not marinated in his urine. It, it had remained dry. It had stayed under his pillow at the far end from the puddle. So Dave had stolen my phone. I found it back. Magically, no one got in trouble for Dave pissing the bed. But it's not just passengers that do it. Sometimes it's completely hammered trip leaders that do it as well. 